Hey, you. Can I tell you a secret? I'm actually from the future, and I've traveled back in time to tell you that these first couple episodes might sound kind of bad. And that's because we were just starting out. So for episodes one through six, the audio quality isn't as good. But don't worry, as most things in life, it gets better. Starting with episode seven, the hottest sports entertainment thing in the world. Once again, this is a reminder from the future. We have social media now on all major social platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, if that's your thing. And just wanted to remind you to give us a follow, a like, or even check us out. Now, I'll get out of your way and go back to the future and let you enjoy the episode. Have fun. Before we get started, if you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let us explain. Anchor has the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast straight from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It is everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the first episode of Searching for MacGuffin with your hosts, George, Gabe, and Link. You're probably wondering who we are and what we're doing here. So we thought we'd take this first episode to introduce ourselves and a little bit about what we're about. So we're going to go ahead and start with... My name is Link. I am 28 years old. I'm a native from Miami, Florida. I, uh, I'm an INFP. I'm also a, an anagram nine. I have no idea what that means. I just took a test and it said I'm a nine. So I assume it means that in a scale from one to 10, my hotness is a nine out of 10. So yes. I'm also a Taurus, so it means I'm a young boy. I like to watch TV and anime. My name's Gabe, I'm 25 years old, also a Miami native. I enjoy playing sports, listening to music, watching movies, TV shows, anime, and playing video games. And my name is George, I am 37 years old. I am an English and drama high school teacher, and my interests include musical theater and professional wrestling. I had this idea for creating this show because I grew up along with these two gentlemen here who are my family, you know, consuming this media, these stories. Um, Gabriel is my nephew. Link is my brother-in-law. And we grew up um, from a very young age together. And we would spend time not just watching and playing and reading, but also discussing the minutia of it. And if you're part of the, you know, any of these fandoms, you know what these conversations are like. But the one thing that we always gravitated towards is the importance of the stories. Now, they're just pastimes. They're, you know, they're hobbies. And they're not too serious. They're fun. But the reality is that the narratives that we interact with shape our philosophy. The morality tales shape the morality choices that we make in our lives. And for those of you who are aware of what the of what the MacGuffin is, the MacGuffin is that object that drives the narrative, that thing that the characters seek 
to obtain or to find. And when we look at the MacGuffin, we're really looking at what the driving force for the narrative is. Now, sometimes it's important directly to the story. Sometimes it's just a means to an end. But that's what we're looking to find as we deconstruct some of these stories that we interact with. What is the driving force of the narrative? What is that thing that drives not just the characters in the stories, but us? So in order to do that, first, you got to kind of have an idea of where we are as individuals. So we thought that the way that we would do that is by focusing on these first couple of episodes in these areas of interest. Now, we're going to be talking about a lot of different stuff in the weeks and seasons to come, but we whittled it down to these five important categories for you guys to understand what it is that kind of drives us or or where our tastes lie. So I'm going to let Link introduce each of the five categories that we'll be exploring in the next couple of weeks. Yes, so for today's episode, we're going to be talking about comic books. After that, we're going to move on to video games and anime, TV shows and movies. And from the air, who knows what we're going to do do afterwards. But that's how we're going to introduce our show. That's how we're going to introduce ourselves, who we are, what we like. And so you get to know us a little bit better and relate to us in a certain way. So when we were coming up with how we were going to construct these lists, these different areas of media of entertainment, um, we gave each other a kind of like a blank canvas. Um, we gave each other a lot of room, uh, a lot of personal choices as to what comprised these lists. And in the weeks and seasons to come, you'll see how those lists uh, differ and how they can relate. Yes, we in each list we talk about our top five favorites. Personally, I chose whatever produces the most joy, whatever sparks the most joy in my heart, like Marie Kondo in my list. So there's some movies that are probably better than my my the movies in my list like the godfather is probably better than all of them but these movies produce joy they spark joy and i love them so much so that's how i ranked my list that's how i organized my five list of everything that of, of these five categories yeah and I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because when i was creating my list i kept going back to some of the things that i experienced in my youth and so much of it is established early on so there's probably like a bunch of stuff that I even think is better or might even, if I really am honest with myself, like enjoy more. But there might be like 10 games this year that are better than like a game from before. But I would never play these 10 games if it wasn't for that game. So that's kind of how naturally my list started being formed. Yeah, I can definitely agree um, on those both with both of you. Uh, definitely takes a personal, it comes on a personal level with how I ranked them, with how high I valued them. Um, depending upon how young I was when I watched something or experienced something for the first time, but also um, the kind of like the shock factor, what the lasting impression that the piece of content uh, left with me. So with that in mind, I want to focus on today's episode. We're going to be talking about top five comic books. And we'll get started with that right now. All right, with that being said, I want to start off with my list of top five comic books. Uh, the first one, and I I think we all have, I'm not sure. I think we, I'm, I know I'm going to say this, and you're all, this person's going to be on your list, so I don't want to have to talk about it. 
But in my list, I have two Batman graphic novels that I love. Yeah, for uh, sure. Agreed. Right? Okay, I knew. I, I know you guys so well. I knew you guys had some Batman there, right? Uh, so for me, my two favorite uh, Batman graphic novels are Batman Black Mirror by Scott Snyder and Jock, and Batman Year One by Frank Miller. I love those two comic books. They are great. Uh, to, I, in my opinion, I think my favorite story, Batman story arc, is a uh, Black Mirror. Bold, bold choice. Right? <laughs> it doesn't bold, even have Bruce. Yeah, Bruce Wayne's not even in it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and I, it's funny because I went in thinking, what, Bruce is not in this? This is going to be stupid, right? But I didn't know who Scott Snyder was, who I think might be one of the top, one of the best Batman writers at the moment. Oh, right. Oli. Yeah. 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 Like him or Tom King. Right, yeah, right. Right now. But, but I would put him up there with, like, all the Batman writers. I think he's great. Yeah. I mean, some of the stories that he's written in the past couple of years definitely are, like, nice. instant Court classics. Of Owl, yeah. Instant Court of classics, yeah. Well, yeah. I, Court of Owls, that, it's so, like, iconic. Yeah. Like, now it's just, like, a part of the Batman, Batman. mythos now. Yes. In, in what, just what was his name? Scott Snyder. Scott Snyder. What else has yeah. he done? So. American Vampire. Yeah, American Animal Vampire's Man. Really yeah. And after his that, animal man's very good too. Yeah, I don't know. He's a, he's not the one who he's he writes on Swamp Thing. Oh, he he's also the one who writes Swamp Thing. Yeah, no, his Swamp Thing yeah, is yeah. very good too. So yeah, so I should I think Scott Snyder is my favorite Batman uh, author writer. Uh, I love like I said I didn't think I was gonna like it because I didn't know who this guy was and he writer. Mm-hmm. Also, what Bruce isn't in it. This doesn't sound <laughs> like a good idea. I thought I was gonna hate it, yeah. but then I read it and I'm like, boy. Well, that one thing that drew me in back into comics, and that's like every like ten years or something, or every eight, six to eight, I'm not sure. Like, there's a new wave that gets me back into. But when the new Fifty Two came out, I was like, okay, this is a jumping on point. I've been here before. I know what these like crisis events are. But Snyder yeah. was writing Batman, Batman yeah. from from the what was then the number one, right? And that that was one of the things that really, and he, I think he hit a, a home run for the next so good, couple yeah. of years there. But yeah, so I should love it. I, like I said, I didn't think I was gonna like like it, but I might. I might even say I love Dick Grayson as Batman. <laughs> I'm like, man, he he's up there, bro. He's up there. The, the other thing you brought up was the fact that you were like, oh, a Batman story without Batman. Dick Grayson is Batman. That's so dumb. And I think sometimes, like as fans, we we hear about a take or uh, you know, a plot or. Or whatever new, and we like we reject it like Blasphemy. right away. Yeah, yeah. and it, no man, I'm glad I was I was wrong. And then I, I like I said, Batman, the other one for me is Batman Year One. I just love stories that are really uh, focused on a, a Lieutenant Gordon or Commissioner Gordon. Um, he's Definitely. one of my favorite characters. I love his. I love Gary Oldman as Gordon in the Dark Knight trilogy. Yeah, uh, I think he did. He did a great job personifying the character. And when I think of Gordon. I just think of Gary Oldman. Yeah. Well, don't sleep on Gordon. I mean, yeah. In those movies, in, in, in the comic books, in the animated series. Oh, he's in. Yeah. Gordon's a great character. Yeah, so those are my two Batman ones. What about you, Gabe? I know you have some Batman knowing you. Yeah, so kind of picking, piggybacking off of the year one, uh, the one that made my list uh, was The Long Halloween. Mm. And also following Batman's early years. And I really like that one It I, just because like, it follows kind of like that trinity. With Gordon and Harvey and yes. and Bruce and Batman and them never crossing the, the line and and it was just 
over the course of that year and them and then them taking on crime they're taking their own approaches that for me was very satisfying and yes and just one of those batman stories that like it's st- it stays with you it is and the second one that i have is the dark knight returns mm. um this one uh, i read it I, I attempted to read it as a kid i picked up the book and and i wasn't a big fan of the art i remember seeing it like this art's kind of weird um, I, it was, I don't know. I felt, I felt very mature. I felt, I, yes, I felt, cause I didn't like the way Batman was drawn in that one. I mean, swole Batman. Fat, like, swole Batman. <laughs> middle, middle age. Like, uh, like Ben Affleck Batman? Yeah, yeah exactly. Batman, Diesel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the Dark Knight Returns and just that, that whole story and, and kind of the themes that, that come out of it for me that, um, that really also stayed with me. I think as I eventually, like as I matured and I grew older, and and I was able to understand and look between, like read between the lines, and and see the different um, themes of the story. Uh, that's also those two uh, for me round out my list for Batman, at least for comics. One thing I love about Long Halloween is Tim Sale's art, man. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. so great. I'm like, oh man, this guy's amazing. I love Tim Sale's art so much that he did artwork on the show Heroes on NBC. And you got it up. Yeah, and I bought like. <laughs> uh, I just bought uh, like a hardcover book that has, well, actually before the hardcover book, I printed it all out online and created <laughs> Yes. Yeah. Yes. I had a binder just full of like full color printout and, and I did that at home and my parents were like, oh, where'd all our color ink go? Yeah. But, and then they came out with the hardcover and I bought it again because of just, just to have like the still images, like his art is amazing. So good. Cool. Um, Interesting fact, he's colorblind. Really? Um, yeah. So, to continue with the Batman theme, so I cheated when I made this list because I knew that if I included Batman books, it would just be a top five Batman books. <laughs> yeah. So, I, I chose Batman. That's what I wrote down on my list. But, but I knew that you uh, would balk. Go. So, you chose Batman? Yeah, I just chose Batman because I kind of see Bat- the character. <laughs> the yeah. character. Bat- yeah. <laughs> So no, it's not it's not all encompassing, but if his run from the inception of the character to now, so much of it is iconic. So like when I was thinking about Ben, I was thinking about Year One, I was thinking about Long Halloween, I was thinking about Scott Snyder, Black Mirror, um, Death of the Family. Hush. You know, I was thinking about Hush. I was thinking about Dark Knight Returns. I was thinking about the Denny O'Neill's run, which is a big influence for me because when I was growing up. Those were some of the first Batman books I read, like in my time in the '90s. He was writing uh, Green Arrow. He was writing Batman. He was writing um, the um, oh, the name escapes me now. Uh, the Question, mm-hmm. and then he was like tying yeah. those three uh, books together, going back and forth. And for me, that was such like an iconic time for me. But if I had to choose one book if, to represent Batman, the one that I would choose is The Killing Joke. The Killing Joke. Because I think when you do a top five comic books, two of the names that show up on the list a lot are Frank Miller and Alan Moore. Yeah. And for me, that's this is where you, Frank, Frank Miller's Batman Year One and Dark Knight is obviously shapes, you know, what we know about Batman. 
but the killing joke and the same reason you guys picked long halloween and year one is like those early days but from the joker perspective mm. and the insight that alan moore and the and the ambiguity that the story has on like is this the origin is this not the origin right? yeah. yeah what does it mean those last couple of panels yeah that's <laughs> you know so for me that was like the first time i felt like oh comic books are grown-up stuff and yeah. uh this is serious so another good thing that I like about these lists, these titles that you guys selected, is like they have pretty good animated adaptations. Like I like the year one, the year one yeah. film. I like the Dark Knight Returns, the two part film, and with the exception of the intro, I like yeah, the bulk. You, you love that part. <laughs> <laughs> I love the bulk of the Killing Joke animated. Which is film. a Batman animated movie where he goes through like they throw a car at him and he just goes through it. Oh, that's uh, that was great. The Red Hood. Red Hood. Uh, yeah. Under the Red. Under Hood. the Red Hood. I think that might yeah. be my. And that's a that's a good movie too, man. And that's a good that's a good story. That was another one. That was when we were talking about um, concepts. I heard, oh, um, Jason Todd is back, and I was like, this is stupid. He's back from the dead after all these years. So yeah, why don't you bring back? Yeah, and it is land. kind of in the story. It is kind of a like a cheap way, but everything we get from the Red Hood character from the years after that, I'm like, okay, no, it's worth it. It's, yeah, it's, but that's that's kind of, I find that, that those things interesting when you go into it and you're just like, you really don't have any expectations and you might even like look at it from a kind of like, eh, I don't think this is going to be good. And then it ends up, it ends up being a pleasant surprise. Yeah. And I feel like those types of stories, uh, either the writing or if you watch the animate, the animated movies, um, I personally enjoy those experiences a lot. Yeah. That that's a whole other topic for another day. Those DC animated movies, I feel like they don't get enough play. They don't definitely. Yeah, there's so many of them are so good, and I don't know if they have like the general yep. audience that, that that they deserve. Goof Tim is a man. All right, but moving on to your next pick. All right, so I know we talked about Batman, so I'm gonna deviate a little bit from uh, the popular stuff, and I'm go. I'm gonna talk about an indie comic. It's, although it's very popular, that's what they turned into a movie. But one of my favorite graphic novels is. Scott Pilgrim. Mm. I grew up reading it in high school. I remember reading it in high school and wait having to wait because my friend my friend Pookie was lending it to me and mm-hmm. having to wait in between each each uh, issues. I'm not sure what their issues are graphic novels. Yeah, they're yeah, graphic, graphic novels, novels. Yeah, having to wait in between. But I loved Scott Pilgrim. It's such a fun story and it's so different. Like it's it's not as serious as a Batman, right? Right, as a killing joke. But it's 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 beautiful. It's very simple. It I love how simplistic the art is. It's not Alex Ross or anything like that. It's very Brian Lee O'Malley. It's just very simple, fun story. Lovable characters, relatable, yeah. especially if you're in high school. Like when I read it, I'm like, yeah. man, mm-hmm. I'm like Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, right. Because I got this, I got this put in my hand because of you and and because of our friend. But like you guys were in high school and I was a little older and I was like, oh, I like it. It's good, but I think. Man, if I would have been a couple of years younger, it would have really resonated mm. with me. With that being said, though, the film adaptation oh, really great. made me appreciate it even more. That's what got me. Yeah. Into, like, that's why I started reading it. I mean, I saw the, the film with you guys, and I was like, man, this is awesome. So, uh, Michael Sarah, Chris Evans. I thought I thought the uh, Edgar Wright, correct? Yeah. Edgar, Edgar Wright did Wright, a great job. Edgar Wright, best movie, in my opinion. Wow. That's, that's another one. You got, you got some hot takes. Hot, take, hot takes today. Um... Have you read the colorized version? No, I haven't. I should because I want to go back. Yeah, we have it. I know. I, we have I own it. We haven't gone to it. Yeah, but, I but the next time it's your read, you should yeah, do it. Because I, like, yeah. I mean, maybe I'll do it this week. Yeah, because the film is so colorful that it's like I imagined it, and now that he went back and recolored it, and it's like such a bright palette, mm. like it, 
the it really pops off the page and obviously it was in black and white because of you know i yeah i do remember that i remember actually those that's, that's a good point i remember struggling with it because i i went from the movie mm-hmm. to the book and i was like man this is like obviously the story is good but like like it wasn't like necessarily it's, as yeah. visually appealing yeah yes yes also and the covers pop the covers and then pop you and go the into it and it's like I think I remember, like, on the last graphic novel, like, the first two pages were kind of colored. And then yeah. afterwards, it's not. And I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, I thought this was going to be all colored. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that's Scott Pilgrim to me. It's up there. All right. So, we went into your little indie comic. We're, I'm going to jump back into a major event. And that's going to be Civil War. Mm-hmm. And that one, um, that one for me was just... I didn't really know exactly, like, the, the cover looked epic. Like, I was like, oh, what's going to happen? And then I started reading it right off the bat, like, that those first couple of panels, the the fight that has a lot of casualties, civilians, um, that just drew me in. And then what what, uh, what coincides after that, what comes after is just, it's captivating for me. And this the whole dilemma on um, what side uh, the heroes uh, take stands on. Like, it was super interesting. Like, there, you're... The threat wasn't, I mean, obviously they were villains and incorporated, but it's like these people that were friends, these people that are teammates, coworkers, if you will, were like, didn't see eye to eye on it so much to the point that they had to basically pick sides and, and basically fight. Yeah, it was, it was prophetic. It was basically America yeah. today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but with that being said, Civil War is another one of those things that drew me back into comic books mm. and, and one of those ways where I started buying. I remember Civil War came out and a friend of mine, approached me and he's like hey you gotta check out this series like we we gotta get these books and i'm like i've been here before i know what these crossovers are like yeah you're always oh everything is connected and you make me buy a bunch of books and they're like thinly veiled and they're really i really don't know what's going on but for the most part i i remember buying the books that i was interested in and like oh yeah it's really affecting every book and every line to the point where it's like me, my brother, you guys, and my friend. We're like, all right, let's divide. Let's get every single Civil War time between all of us, you know? And then we'll read each other's books. And then they was like, oh, but I don't want to get Wolverine by, you know, Mark Guggenheim. We're like, no, no, you have to get it. It's connected. It's connected. It wasn't. It really. <laughs> <laughs> but for the most part, it was like I picked up Black Panther and I picked up Captain America. And it, it didn't just sell me on the Civil War event. But it sold me on those books where I went back and started collecting yeah. that. And and that's one of the books that I have here. I wrote down Captain America. But I think specifically that run by Brubaker. Like the one that starts with Winter Soldier and that goes into Civil War. So good. Yeah. And like issue 25 is the death of Captain America. And then you have Bucky ascending, you know, as Cap. And, and that entire run is just is great yeah. in it. Yeah, that was a that was a huge deal. I remember when, like the death, the issue with the death of Captain uh-huh. America. I mean, the news that was everywhere. Yeah. Like everyone was talking about it, and yeah, I think those like I feel like it was one of the times where it's like everyone's talking about comics. Right. Like it's on the news. Like Captain America's dead. Like, yeah, we had that moment growing up in the '90s. It was the death of Superman. When mm-hmm. Superman died, it was like on yeah, like prime time, yeah, and everyone was talking about it, and there was a jump. And I experienced it again with the death of Cap to the point where it was like, oh, you can't get this issue before the comic book stores even opened up, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I have a terrible story uh, from that time where like my brother was collecting Cap, and he had it in the box, and we had like a big fight about something, and then I took his 
Captain America 25 and I tore it up. Oh my gosh. And then <laughs> I regretted it so no. much. Because it was worth a lot, right? Yeah, well, yeah, because it was skyrocketing. It was like, oh, you can't get it. So now it's worth $50 all of a sudden, like in two days, you know? And I was like, and I have to like hustle to find a way to replace the issue. And he must have been livid. Yeah, yeah. But, but I I made it up. I replaced it. And anyways, the price, it stabilizes over time, you know, once it gets collected into paperback and all that. But yeah, it was a big deal. It was a big deal for many, many reasons. Well, I'm going to go back to the, uh, it's it's still mainstream, but it feels like an indie graphic novel. Mm-hmm. And that for me is Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. I love that comic book. Oh, yeah. It's so different compared to most like Avengers comic books. Mm-hmm. It's literally Hawkeye when he's not working for the Avengers. It's it's him in his, in his high mom. His mundane. His mon- yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. It's him taking care of the building he lives in. Like the main villain is a, mo- mo- uh, a Russian uh, tracksuit mafia that all they say is bro 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 that's the main villain <laughs> sounds like Miami and <laughs> so I just love it it's so funny it's so cool they have this one issue where it's just all about his dog and there's no dialogue pizza dog pizza dog yes and it's so amazing I love it I man it's that's the kind of stuff that I'm that I'm like expecting from the Disney Plus well, series right yeah. yeah and I I'm afraid that I'm like my expectations are too high and I need to temper them because it's like, I want Pizza Dog. I want like a silent issue. Yeah. Like a silent episode, you know. So I don't know how much we're going to get. I, know, that, I feel but. like with the Marvel shows, we always have expectations. Like no matter how much we try to downplay it. Or I feel like, I mean, personally for me, I'm just always like, I feel like we're going to get something good. Like WandaVision, it was, we didn't know what we we're going to get. Mm. And I was like, I trust them. I think it's man. I enjoyed it for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I think with WandaVision, it was more like, I don't know what I'm going to get. I have like very specific, oh, okay. you know, specific. Yeah, okay. expectations for what should be in this because of that Hawkeye run because it's so iconic. Yeah. What about you, Gabe? So coming up next on my list is going to be The Flash. It's going to be the return of Barry Allen. And so with this one, I feel that I really enjoyed, um, well, to... Disclosure, Barry Allen is probably my favorite Flash. Although, the more I think about it, Wally is is really climbing up there. I think a bit of the confusion for me as well is like with the, the modern shows mm-hmm. and the modern adaptations. I feel like a lot of them kind of use Wally's personality, but give use it like give it Barry's name. Yeah. And for me, like I'm still trying to like, I got for me, it's like I have to go back and just kind of like really like trying to see like okay which stories am i picking out because in the return of barry allen like that's kind of like wally's like his coming of age story where he really steps out of barry's shadow and because he i mean obviously he has his differences and there's something off about it but uh wally really comes into his own in this one and that's why like for me like this is this is up there for me yeah it's interesting that like that duality it's so different who you see as Flash or as, you know, some of these other characters, especially in DC where they have these, like, legacy patterns where they yeah. go through generations of it. Because, like, when I was growing up, Wally was Flash. Like, uh, the one of the first comic book stories that I read was The Crisis. So, like, my introduction was Barry's death, you know? Yeah. And, it, and it's, like, Wally, I grew up with him on the animated series and then he was in the books and, like, 
Green Arrow was dead, like Oliver Queen, you know. Uh, Connor Hawk was Green Arrow. <laughs> um, Kyle Rayner was Green Lantern. Parallel, like, you know, all that other stuff had passed. It's like I had a whole different generation. So I had all those classic characters like reintroduced to me later. But yeah, it, it just, it depends when you grow up, like how you define these characters and, and how they get like algam- amalgamated over time. Yeah. yeah, I grew up with the Justice League show. So to mm-hmm. me, Flash is Wild West. Yeah, I mean, looking back at it, I feel that my my taste, like me kind of getting into comic books, obviously you guys had a, a huge influence in that. But like, again, going back to the DC animated, the movies, the shows, that really pushed me into like, okay, let's see like really where these characters are coming from. So like my perspective is kind of like from a animated uh, film, TV show type of setting into the literature, the, the reading right. portion of it. Okay, my... Next title, going back as we're back in tights and, and well, just tights, not capes, because <laughs> it's, uh, again, I cheated, Daredevil. I just wrote Daredevil. Going back to what we talked about, like those foundational books of Batman, for me, I think the foundation is Miller. It's Frank Miller. Yeah. The stuff that he wrote. Um, I remember we went to a comic book convention and I saw those Frank Miller visionary books and like I knew that like, oh, these books are really expensive. They were like $10 each. So yeah. I just like, I'm going to buy the whole run. So I got like Visionaries 1, 2, and 3 and just did a deep dive on that. And then it all clicked because I had read some of the like more modern Daredevil. And seeing what Miller wrote, a bunch of the stuff that I had read clicked. I'm like, oh, this is all a reference to that. So like going from Miller, uh, you know, that his early run to, you know, Born Again when he returns to rights to Man Without Fear. And then moving on to the modern stuff, like the reboot with Kevin Smith. He did Guardian Devil, and then Bendis takes over, and then Bendis writes it for a long time, and that Bendis write, run is almost, Im- so I mean, it's immaculate. Yeah, it is. You know, it's almost perfect. And so much of it is like, oh, the Gladiator from Miller's run. Oh, you know, the Purple Man. And, uh, you know, and it just keeps throwing, yeah, keeps throwing. I mean, and then even Guardian Devil. Guardian Devil is almost like a sequel to, to, to Born Again. Yeah. And, and Born Again is probably the most iconic story. That's probably, if I had to choose one, again, so I'm not cheating. If I just want to be born again, mm-hmm. and the fact that so much of that made it into like the Daredevil series on Netflix, mm, and the, like yeah. so many people were able to experience that, that's the best. And then that transition finally from um, Bendis to Brubaker. Yeah, that's my favorite run right there. Oh really? Yeah, I also yeah. have Daredevil, and that's oh. that transitioning part right there when uh, <laughs> when it's revealed that uh, that uh, Daredevil is uh, Matt Matthew Murdock, mm-hmm. and then he goes to jail. Yeah, and that scene where it's, it's he's in jail, but so is Kingpin, and so is uh, the Punisher, and yeah. so is uh, Bullseye. Everyone's in jail apparently. Yeah. <laughs> I love like I just love that yeah. that run that part yeah. right there. It's funny like for once they got all of them behind bars like simultaneously. Right, like, it was a good year for law enforcement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and then we see we kind of see some of that in the show. Yeah, yeah, you know Absolutely. when in, when when the Punisher is in jail and oh, all that, that scene oh, was just. Goodness. That was incredible. That scene, yeah, was just, he's all—he's just wearing white, and then at the end he's like all red. Yeah, all that blood. Oh my goodness! Yeah. And I, I'm going to say this: I think the Daredevil show is the Dark Knight of all superhero okay. shows. Okay, okay. I will hold back my comments for our television discussion. Uh, it, <laughs> but you know, yeah, yeah, but that's why I am saying I think it's the Dark that, Knight. But show. yeah, I mean, I, I think it's a great show. Yeah. yeah. 
I'd say. I'd, yeah, I'd put I it up there. more than a great show. I, for later this game. Okay. Yeah, I should personally, because I, I don't, I'm, in my, when it comes to my shows, I don't have any, something like that. <laughs> so I just think it's like the best comic book show ever. Okay, that's that's fair. That's, that's not a hot take. That's not a hot I don't, take. I, I don't it's high praise. Yeah, it's high praise. I think probably very few are going to like balk at that. At least those who are familiar with the source material. All right, so you got there level two. All right, so this is going to be the last one on my list, running off my list. Uh, this is a character that um, was graced uh, by Ryan Reynolds in live-action film. Mm. Uh, one of possibly the greatest comic book movies, I think, to this day. And that character is Hal Jordan, Green Lantern. Mm. Great movie. Great Fantastic, right? You like me to talk about Deadpool? <laughs> yeah, I got you there. So specifically, uh, Rebirth, Green Lantern Rebirth. Mm-hmm. And that story for me, um, that's kind of like recently pulled me back into, into comic books as well. I remember, I believe it was when you were picking up those issues, I believe it was of Daredevil, right? Mm-hmm. At, that, at the same convention, I picked up a load uh, those are my first my first convention. I was like buying my comic books, my own money, and I bought a bunch of Green Lantern. And I remember only get actually getting to a couple of them before before I there was a tragic incident where uh, I believe my mother threw away mm-hmm. all of my comic books. Um, <laughs> it was a very sad time. That's unfortunately a tragedy that many comic book fans have experienced. Yeah. Over time. Nah, I it was it was very. I was like I was. Where's my where's my stuff? I was like that John Travolta meme where he's just like, huh, what's going on? Like looking left to right. Yeah. And so, no, but Rebirth, uh, I really enjoy um, seeing Hal Jordan's redemption after becoming Parallax and just killing a bunch of uh, Green Lanterns and the team up with the other Lanterns that we that we know and love: John Stewart, Kyle Rayner, uh, Guy Gardner, mm-hmm. and Alan Scott think that that was uh it was a huge moment um, and definitely kind of what wheeled me in recently back into comics who is your favorite green lantern how Jordan. how Jordan? yeah to me it's a uh, john, john stewart john stewart's my second because of the show yeah, because of the yeah. Series, right yeah I, I they're like one a and one b i haven't read much uh, green lantern it's um, a character that i'm not really interested but, in but well <laughs> i really enjoyed him in uh I kind of felt that way like when I was growing up because I was like, the cosmic stuff is not really my cup of tea. I know it's really mm-hmm. big within the comic book industry, but if you, it's, that's the starting point. That's like, that's where yeah. you're... Jeff Johns, right? Yeah. Can't like, go wrong with Jeff Johns. And he, that's the thing that he's so good at reintroducing a character for a new generation. It pays service to like, if you've been reading this character for years, but it's a great jumping on point. That's what I think he did with those Rebirth series during that time. Yeah, because the... The stuff with Parallax and how he how he turned and all that was old. That was mm-hmm. that was a while ago, and then he kind of brought it back. He made it relevant, and he kind of took it to new heights, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Well, my next title, and now we're talking, and like I have so many other titles, that I'm like, oh, that should have been on my list. I, I guess I have a few honorable mentions, but I'll continue with what I have. V for Vendetta. I have V for mm-hmm. Vendetta by Alan Moore. Um, this is a this is a good film. But it's a great graphic novel because yeah. it's one of those, it's one of those that was pivotal during my coming of age when I went from like as a childhood amusement to serious literature, and I think just the themes, the ideas, and I want to 
talk too much about it in case anyone hasn't, you know, read it themselves. If you've seen the movie, you still haven't really experienced, experienced the story mm-hmm. of the, you know, so it's an interesting like remix, but, um, but just the book is so powerful. The themes, the ideas behind them. And I, I feel sometimes what people say about Watchmen, which I think is a great novel, but just, I didn't gravitate as much to it as many people do. That's how I feel about V from and that I'm like, oh, this is more like every little thing that he puts on the panel. Like I, I just like dissect it and pour over it. Is that his best for you? For more? I would say so. I would say so. Killing Joke? I would say just because like my weird bias of like Killing Joke's an amazing book, but it's about Batman and Joker. So it's like, I don't know. V for Vendetta, number one, it's an original concept. So that seems like more creative to me. You know, you could tell the best like Batman story, but it's a Batman story, you know? It's Batman. Yeah. Right, exactly. But just the 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 world that he creates in V for Vendetta and also how it's kind of established or structured, founded in our real world, that to it's, me, that's like that's like a master stroke. It's, it's original and grounded. Yeah, exactly. So for me... Yeah, I would say that. Although Killing Joke is not far behind. I think that's a great book as well. Just it has the pull of Batman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm pretty much done with my list. Uh, you have one more? Yeah. I, I can give a recommendation, an honorable mention in mine, I guess. Okay, do you have any left on your list? Or you made it you cheated because you said Daredevil. That's right. And then, All of, so yeah. That makes me move yeah. through it yeah. much slower, right? So I guess my honorable mention, one of them mm. would be uh, Deadpool, Dead Presidents. Oh, really? Yes. It's hilarious. You know, I never made it that far into that pool. I yeah, I, you own them. That's how yeah, I them. I know, I know. That's I own them. Because I own... Well, cause my, here's my story with Deadpool. I was obsessed with Deadpool. And this... this I guess this will go into one of my honorable mentions because I didn't think about it when I made the list. And you now get like, an honorable mention. Yeah. You're still on the roof. Okay. But um, Deadpool, I collected 1 through 69. I had the Circle Chase, the four-issue miniseries. I had New Mutants 98, his first appearance. I had like every issue that Deadpool ever appeared in. I chased this. And then what I think is the best series, at least in my experience reading, was Cable Deadpool. That series is so good. The art is so beautiful. It's it's done by you, Don, who do the Street Fighter stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just, it's a contrast because it's silly like Deadpool, yeah. but it's serious and gritty like Cable. And that's the best contrast. But then they made like 800 Deadpool when he blew up and he yeah. started being all over everyone. And I couldn't keep up. So... Those early years, like I do buy a bunch of those series and I didn't get to read all yeah. of them. So no, I could love that story. It's if you haven't read it, I recommend it. It's hilarious. It's literally so someone brings back prep the dead presidents mm-hmm. and Deadpool has to fight the dead presidents zombies. Along with his companion, the ghost of Benjamin Franklin. <laughs> That's it. That's all you need to know. That's all you need yeah. to know. You got me. I'm okay. Really so we're we're downloading it now then. <laughs> all right. Uh then I guess I'll finish. I'll round out my list. I have uh, Will Eisner's A Contract with God, which is, again, I guess when I made this list, I thought, what are the things that took me to that next level of comic book reading and like what I think of as serious literature? And this was so different. It was a story about real people in a real world, depression era, um, you know, themes of religion, uh, themes of socioeconomic inequality. Um, and just like the human struggle and the spirit, it's in sepia tone, you know, so it's all like brown on white. And it's, I had read some of Eisner's The Spirit comic strips, you know, growing up. Yeah. yeah. 
And like that art style was great. And then to see almost like the Eisner touch is in the book. So it's clearly Eisner, but completely different. Like I could see how like, oh, you can do this and you can do that. Like an artist can just, you know, run the gamut, like a, a range. And for me, a contract with God, if anyone hasn't read it, a contract with God trilogy, specifically that first book, a contract with God. All right. You guys have any other honorable mentions? I feel like they were on your list, so. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it was like, yeah, because it's like sometimes. You it'll... took everything. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, come on. No, it's just... okay. We covered it. Yeah, yeah, yeah we covered it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was mentioned. yeah, yeah. And I'll mention something because I think neither of you guys have read it. Okay. Because it came up when we were talking about Batman. The question. The question, that entire series, it was, it is existential. That the Vic Sage run by Denny O'Neill is, I was like Taoism and just, um, it, it's, it's spiritual. And I think that's at the crux what we've talked about. Like, and that's what I kind of thought of when I went over my list. We're talking about searching for that driving force in it. And that's what I was thinking about when I put my list together, a contract with God, the, uh, the spirit and, um, the question. And I, I highly recommend you guys check it out if you haven't already. So, yeah. All right. So for the viewers that are listening, uh, let's recommend one graphic novel from our list for them so they could read during the summer. So I'll start off. For me, I recommend you read Hawkeye, Matt Fratkin's run. It's hilarious. It might even set up, it might be included in the new Hawkeye show that's coming. Is it coming out this year? Yeah, it's this year. It's, it's this fall. Yeah, it's and it's supposed to be yeah inspired by it. Okay, so check it out. It's great. It's hilarious. You will love it. What about you, Gabe? My pick would be Green Lantern Rebirth. I think that I mean, we have the Batmans and... That should be required reading for a lot of people. Right? Mm-hmm. So uh, one for me, I like you said, like you you, ne- you weren't necessarily into the cosmic stuff, but I feel like Jeff Johns is an incredible job. So I want to recommend Green Lantern Rebirth. Yeah, and I guess I kind of jumped the gun on that topic because it's, it's the question. You have no idea how hard it was for me to collect all these single issues over the years because <laughs> they like only printed them once. They were never collected. They have been collected yeah. in the past couple of years. So if you can get a hold of those paperbacks, the question or digital because now... Obviously, you can get any comic book ever online. So, check it out. That whole run by Denny O'Neill. There you go. Now you have some summer reading to do. All right, guys. Well, see you next week when we talk about our top five favorite video games. I'm looking forward to that one. I'm looking forward to that one, too. All right, guys. Take care. Spike your hair. Till next time.